This is a Ward Scott Files advisory. The Ward Scott Files podcast may contain material not suited for people who are easily offended. Trust us on this. This show contains adult information and opinions. Please protect small children, sensitive pets, fragile houseplants, and liberal relatives. Thank you. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Well, good morning. Good morning. Welcome back here to the Ward Scott Files. I am your pinch hit host, guest host, uh, Tim Martin. I am the chairman of the local Latro County Republican Party, City Commissioner in Newberry, and I am happy to be here this morning. Welcome. Uh, happy Tuesday here from the Melden Law Studios, perfected, per- protected, excuse me, by crime prevention security systems. Well, I'm um, going to give you a little bit of content warning here at the top of the uh, top of the show. We have some sensitive or at least potentially sensitive uh, topics to get into today. Uh, but as I told our guest, Brandon Showalter, uh, I'm not afraid. I want to have these conversations and I hope you do also, but uh, just kind of wanted to set that uh, kind of tone to begin with, because I think that... Uh, Hopefully at the end there, there is that hopeful message. Uh, Brandon, let me read your, read your bio and welcome you to the show. You are a journalist, a podcaster with Christian Post or the Christian Post, and you've reported extensively on topics of theological interest in the church, bioethics issues such as euthanasia, assisted suicide, art, uh, artificial reproductive technology and surrogacy and the developments of gender identity movement. Uh, and the transgender ideology. You were first inspired to pursue into a career or pursue, in, yeah, a career in journalism while actually mopping floors and scrubbing toilets at a church as a custodian back in 25. So, uh, Brandon, thank you uh, for joining us here. Welcome to the Ward Scott Files. Thank you so much, Tim. Well, great, great. So, uh, Brandon, we're going to talk about this topic about the gender lie. You wrote a book about it, Exposing the Gender Lie. Uh, we're going to get an image of that up on the screen uh, for you, but um, you know, I'll—I'm <laughs> just going to admit it. Uh, I'm completely ignorant of this topic, uh, but as I said, this is a conversation that I want to have. I was kind of uh, t- talked uh, to a friend of mine about you and about the documentary that you were involved in. We're going to get into all of that. So we got the book, we've got the movie, and um, I'm out of my element. I am completely out of my element. I admit that. Uh, so I am kind of turning to you for a, a little bit of training wheel, so to speak. Um, you know, I was reading uh, a couple of articles. I was trying to crash course for this interview here, and I, this statistic kind of jumped out at me. And it was saying that the number of minors with this sort of gender dysphoria, and forgive me if I've got the language and the definitions wrong, has jumped three times just since, ni- uh, I guess, 2017. And... 40,000 diagnoses just uh, back in 2021. Uh, TikTok has seen a huge increase in the hashtag trans. Uh, so, gosh, it sounds like there's psychological challenges. Uh, it sounds like there may be really kind of an issue here with the tran- transgender, but it's maybe getting co-opted. Um, can you please start us just kind of back at square one with some of this for folks like me that are kind of new to this topic in this discussion. You're right that the, the rates of people who are being diagnosed, uh, that statistic or is, is exploding in the West. Um, but this is all part of a much larger movement. It would be one thing if we were really dealing with young people who were somehow really traumatized and distressed about their bodies. And indeed they may be, but what is at hand now I believe, Tim, is one of the worst medical scandals that the world has ever seen. I think for your audience, if if they need to understand one thing about transgenderism, while there is an entire sort of theolog- uh, theoretical edifice that's around this concept of gender, what transgenderism right. primarily is, is a medical scandal. Because okay. what we are now seeing throughout uh, the state of Florida, less so now because of your laws and the medical report review that happened um down there in the Sunshine State. But all across this country, we're seeing gender clinics 
pop up. Whereas in 2007, there was one in Boston, but now there are hundreds. And of course, Planned Parenthood now passes out testosterone with with great ease (laughs) and get it 30 minutes in a telehealth call. We're seeing the medicalization of a psychological problem, the medicalization of gender, and it's wreaking havoc on so many young people and their families. Um, So the basics of it is that transgenderism is one of the worst medical scandals the world has ever seen. And I think those huge numbers, those rising numbers of people diagnosed with gender dysphoria, I think that's part of this great medical scandal Uh, because certainly, again, there may be young people that are increasingly distressed these days right but unfortunately they're being put on a path of medicalization that is entirely experimental and this condition i think the diagnostic criteria that are being used to diagnose it is my personal opinion it's pretty flimsy there may be indeed some some folks who are very distressed uh, but the solution is certainly not for their for their bodies to be medicalized with an experimental hormone regimen or certainly a surgery gotcha gotcha boy oh Wow. <laughs> well, yes. if you're just joining us here, I am talking with Brandon Showalter, or Showalter, author of Exposing the Gender Lie. He was also contributing uh, to a documentary called Dead Name. You can check that out at deadnamedocumentary.com. And, uh, Brandon, um, <laughs> you know, it's crazy. In front of me, I've got about 500 questions, and then I have no questions because I – I, I'm kind of confused myself as to where to go with some of this stuff. But is this a boy versus girl thing? Is it more prevalent in boys versus girls? Has that changed? Uh, tell, tell me, I mean, I, this was really kind of free thought when I was writing things down here today. So just uh, help me out here. Well, we do have uh, approximately 100 years of clinical diagnostic um, history of what was once known as gender identity disorder or gender dysphoria, as it is now called. And for most of that history, it was seen almost exclusively in very young boys. What has happened in recent years is that we've seen a social contagion where teen girls have become the predominant demographic. That's new. And so what What's going on here? How do you see these, for example, in the UK, the advocacy do, advocacy group Transgender Trend, which is not in favor of trans ideology, I should say, over the course of approximately a decade, measured a 4,000-fold, approximately 4,000-fold increase in girls being referred to the gender identity services in England. And we're seeing that wow. here, too. For those wow. who have any familiarity with this issue, the Watershed book that came on the scene a few years ago in 2020 was a book called Irreversible Damage, The Transgender Craze Seducing Our Daughters by author Abigail Schreier. She explained what's going on. These these young girls, they have social anxiety and depression. And in the same way that anorexia, cutting, self-harm spreads via social contagion, the same seems to be happening with this. Much of this was studied in a 2018 article by in the academic journal Plus One by Lisa Littman, Brown University, formerly a Brown University researcher, And I think it's unmistakably true that a social contagion where girls who are really struggling with their mental health become convinced and in their friend groups in these clusters of groups at school and they congregate online, they become convinced that they need to become something other than the sex that they are, whether that be transgender or non-binary or genderqueer. This gender identity culture that is, um, you know, brewing online gives them a sense of sort of meaning and purpose. Unfortunately, it's sending them down a very destructive medical path. But this is very much devouring uh, teenage girls, and we've never seen anything quite like it before in history. I gotcha. Does, um, so we're kind of getting bombarded with this topic. Uh, can you shed some light on really how old this is? Uh, I guess medically versus socially, and kind of separate the two in kind of the rhetoric versus the reality there for us. Right. Well, I mentioned to you that the first pediatric gender clinic in the United States opened in 2007 up in Boston. I didn't know about it. I mean, this is this whole medical paradigm where it's called affirmation only or gender affirming care. That's the euphemism that's now talked about ad nauseum in the media. Yeah. yeah. That was not, that was not a thing in previous years. Um, This all, I, to the extent that I'm aware of the history of this, the first well-documented case report, for example, was in 1998 in the Netherlands when a 
endocrinologist and a psychologist uh, decided to use a puberty blocker on a gender distressed teenager. The idea being that for for a teenager to go through puberty, that would be too traumatic to endure. So this has become known as the Dutch protocol. Uh, But what has happened is is that that migrated all over Europe and was then came across the Atlantic to the United States. The medical industrial complex here, big pharma and all of our institutions have become captured ideologically with this dogma that it's somehow possible to be another gender than their their natal sex. And so this has gotten enshrined in all of our prominent children's hospitals. The endocrine society's guidelines have been, have been revamped in 2009. And then again, in 2017, the American Academy of Pediatrics has also revamped their guidelines. There's an organization called the world professional association for transgender health, which has, according to solid doctors that I know who are resisting this ideology, they've really co-opted a lot of the mainstream professional organizations. And so from the top, down this has come and they've also worked concurrently to indoctrinate children in the school system that their bodies are somehow wrong and then they're then referred to these gender clinics and so there's this kind of (laughs) they feed each other in a way it's a very toxic dynamic here going on uh it all sounds i mean i I talked about this with when i go home to the countryside of virginia where i'm from they all look at me as though i have five heads because it seems so crazy and so terrible they can't believe it's actually happening but indeed it is. There are, there are girls as young as 13. I think that's, where, this, I, I think that's well, where I am right now. <laughs> well, it's there are girls as young as 13 in this country that have had their breasts surgically amputated. And I can give you the medical journal citation where that has happened. I can show you documents that have been obtained by Freedom of Information requests, FOIA, by FOIA, where they're where research, right. research been funded with millions of taxpayer uh, federal dollars to give hormones to children, you know, very young children, teenagers. And I mean, I saw a FOIA document several, a few years ago where a a gender clinician had lowered the research protocol to lower the age for the cross-sex hormone cohort inclusion criteria from 13 years old to eight years old. So very young children are being experimented on in gruesome fashion. This is, as I said earlier, one of the worst medical scandals the world has ever seen, but many people are not perceiving it because of the way it's been marketed and presented in the media as this next frontier of civil rights or this, you know, scientifically approved healthcare when in fact catastrophic harm is being inflicted on the bodies of children. Children are being irreversibly sterilized and maimed. And, uh, you know, I, it's not actually not surprising to me that this is new for you because the marketing behind this has been very slick and people have, yeah. you know, the media has not presented an honest take on what this really is. Well, I, I've, you know, I was kind of looking at, again, looking at the stuff over the last week since uh, we started talking, and uh, it almost seems like sort of my confusion is intentionally done. Uh, so I turn to these so-called experts. Uh, it forces me to have uncomfortable conversations, which I don't mind having. This is an uncomfortable conversation for me to have with you. Uh, but again, I told you, I'm not afraid. I want to know uh, so I can have these kind of semi-intelligent conversations and and kind of be able to, you know, kind of help others uh, because it is so new. This you know, this just a little bit kind of how I'm wired, but I mean, this kind of sounds like live trials, uh, on kids. And is this, uh, I, just in very basic language, is this adults with some sort of twisted perversion forcing themselves onto children for social affirmation in some, you know, corner of their brain? I, I just, it does seem far, far out there. So, I kind of that kind of thing thing is what I go to first, I guess. But I don't know. Walk me through that. I believe that that does drive the puberty blocking. For example, uh, this okay. idea that older older folks who we used to call them transsexuals, the idea that they have is that well, they they only wish that they could have undergone this process and they never had to go through the developmental changes in their body that they would then have to quote-unquote right. correct later with more radically invasive measures i do believe that it is a perversion uh, and a, a fetish that sort of drives this at very high levels and it's a very uncomfortable thing to talk about but you see this especially in older men who somehow like rachel levine the second person in command at hhs here in dc oh right that, right 
Right. They they were able to go through their entire lives, but then somehow claim to be female, even though their <laughs> their sex is stamped on nearly every single cell. Your your chromosomes. You can never delete your Y chromosome. It, it's a fetish right. called autogynephilia, and it's very bizarre and weird. And it's basically when a man falls in love with himself as a woman and somehow has this warped idea of who he is as female and he's going to use whatever means possible be it that hormones or surgery surgery or just even you know dressing as a woman many of the men who claim to be women don't actually get their genitals removed but some do and so but this does sort of when you have that fetish that takes over your thinking it does correspond with an ideology that says that children should be allowed to transition, if you will. Uh, it is indeed quite a perverse thing. It's definitely not something that, uh, you know, I'm a lot of fun at parties when I talk about this, but it's, uh, it's, it's, it's so bizarre and horrible for most people. They just don't want to even ever have to think about it. Man, and I'll tell you, Tim, yeah. seven years ago when I started to fall down this rabbit hole, my grid for what this all was was just, you know, transvestites at Mardi Gras in New Orleans. I hadn't, I had right. no idea that th- there was an ent- already even then, there was something brewing right. within our medical system and the culture that this was a dogma that was being enshrined at the highest levels of our medical institutions to you know pr- to promulgate it from the top down to convince children that somehow they they were born in the wrong body and that in order to fix it they needed to you know be put on a, a, a pathway of radical experimental drugs hormones block their puberty opposite sex you know hormonal agents and then maybe even a a body disfiguring surgery it is so terrible that most people don't like to think about it but i'm here to say especially nowadays we absolutely must think about it because it is as horrible as i'm saying and probably worse i gotcha well um (laughs) we're talking to brandon showalter uh today about the the gender lie he wrote a book about it he's contributed to a movie about it called Dead Name. You can get that at deadnamedocumentary.com. Uh, I want to flip over here to the chat a little bit. There's a couple of you know really great comments going on here. And uh, one of our regular viewers, Ken, he was saying, what was the word you used? Gender gynophilia? Autogynophilia. Autogynophilia, excuse me. Okay. Was, you know, the <laughs> Again, free thought here, Brandon. When you said they are falling in love with themselves dressed as a woman, I thought, gosh, is this just because he can't get a woman on his own in a traditional sense? Um, is 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 there something to that? Why am I thinking something as outlandish as that? Well, some of these men are married to women, and oftentimes, if they adopt this fetish that they think of themselves as a woman, it destroys their marriages. Uh, I oh. think it's I think it's fueled by pornography. A lot of it is, and so this oh, is, oh, oh. this is some really gross gross stuff but for for others it may be because they don't have the strength to you know find a a partner i, I don't know but it's yeah. there the 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 women who whose husbands get into this disgusting fetish they are sometimes mm-hmm. referred to as trans widows and let me tell you the suffering that they endure when they're wow. admired in this is pretty awful um wow really wow awful. wow well, if if any of our viewers have any uh, other questions or on, I'm trying to keep an eye on the uh, on the comment thread here, so we can get those to Brandon. Brandon, you uh, you had mentioned in one of the interviews that I did actually watch about something in regards to Vanderbilt University, the University of Florida, where I am, is in the SEC. We're very familiar with Vanderbilt University, uh, but how does that uh, dovetail into this story? Well, Vanderbilt University uh, was exposed recently uh, on tape. Matt Walsh and his crew with the Daily Wire, for those who are familiar with his documentary, What is a Woman, and others, they did an investigation several months ago where they actually had doctors and clinicians on tape saying that all these gender surgeries where they do these medically unethical operations on otherwise healthy bodies are a good moneymaker for the hospital. They wow. actually said that the gender clinicians actually said that with their own mouths and that there was, well, I think another... the daily wire is in Nashville, isn't it? It is. It is. And so they had, isn't that where Vanderbilt is there? That's right there in Nashville as well. That's okay. correct. But they were, they were exposed. I mean, this is in many ways all about the money. 
Um, and if you follow the money behind this movement, just if you put a kid on blockers and hormones, we're talking about thousands and thousands of dollars. And so there's a there's an incentive. And, that, and again, that sounds like a conspiracy theory, you know, tinfoil hat, whatever. <laughs> there is a lot. If you can make a child into a lifelong medical patient, that's a lot of right. money <laughs> for right. big pharma, for medical industrial complex. This is a huge income stream for them. And the interesting thing about Vanderbilt is that there were actually doctors on tape admitting that gender surgeries provide a lot of money for the hospital. And that's that's not the goal of healthcare. The goal of healthcare should be to make you healthy, not to make money. No, you've got the and, Hippocratic Oath. You know, first do no harm, right? And that's the right. question I receive most right. often is whatever happened to first do no harm? Well, I think it's gone the way of the dodo bird, as with all of biomedical yeah. ethics. This is it's collapsed. Gotcha. Hey, tell us a little bit about, um, we've got another question here. Um, is there elements of suicidal rates, drug and alcohol abuse, uh, you know, infant mortality or, you know, early mortality on some of these things? Uh, Dead Name Documentary kind of goes into that a little bit with uh, Mr. Mahoney's son. Uh, but do you, and I don't need you know statistics, but kind of in the abstract, what are we talking about? Those sorts of things, Brandon. Well, the suicide line is perhaps one of the most manipulative aspects of this issue, where parents are told that if you do not allow your child to transition, they are very likely to or will commit suicide. It's horrific, and so it's used as a cudgel to strong arm parents into going along with this kind of treatment protocol, uh, but. Okay. It's it's so abusive. It's total gaslighting. And I actually think the reverse is true. And we, we've seen there's a there was a major study out of Sweden, you know, several years ago where they actually measured all of the what were once called transsexuals over there post operative. And they found that that group, they measured them all in that country, had a 19 times higher hazard of completed suicide than when measured against the general population. Uh, now, that didn't I don't think that measured kids, but this idea that a, the child is going to take their own lives if they're not allowed to sterilize themselves or have their body parts removed is just insane on its face. But that is what uh-huh. is used to instill fear in people because nobody wants to see a dead child. And indeed, there have been a few anecdotal reports of young people who have taken their own lives that were apparently gender confused. And so they use those examples to sort of feed this larger narrative. Um, but yes, I mean, you see you, on with if people do go to deadnamedocumentary.com, and you'll you'll see that that has been a very under under discussed angle in all all of this whole space. As people may know, there are I think nineteen or twenty states now that have placed it's conservative states, of course, that like like in Florida where they had the medical board review and legislation, they've passed some sort of a ban on this experimental yeah. medicalization for minors. They just yeah. don't allow it. They, they vary state by state, but they're all pretty much the same, and they're being contested in the federal courts now. What has not gone discussed, the under-discussed angle I was saying, is just how this pits families against each other, parents against their children, children against their parents, how this ruptures and fractures families. And I believe, I, I do believe that that's going to be the next phase of the reckoning over this horrible ideology that has infested our medical institutions is how it tears apart families. And if you want to get just a glimpse of that, go to deadnamedocumentary.com, uh, small fee to watch, but it's very much worth worth seeing because it's it's an angle that we haven't heard from much most of the corporate press will only talk to parents who celebrate the transitions of their children well as you know paul harvey might say this is the rest of the story these are the parents who are in agony because they don't want to see their children sterile and 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 maimed uh and it's it's necessary that i think we as a society get acquainted with their pain because it matters gotcha gotcha well uh brandon uh, you know the act, my opinion, we've got activists uh, that are kind of wanting to destroy this country. I, I believe it's satanic and evil. Uh, and are, but are they are they co-opting a real issue uh, that we could probably medically, psychologically uh, help, or is this made up? What what percentage of this is sort of just made up and it's fear mongering? You talked about the suicide lines where parents are said affirm. Or your kid's going to die. I mean, that's pretty darn extreme. We've got a couple more minutes here in the bottom of the hour here before we cut over to break. Uh, but can you give us a little bit of uh, sunlight on that? I do believe that there are some children who are mentally struggling, for sure. Right. I mean, 
the question yeah. is that you yeah. the, the the current paradigm the moment a child presents as some other gender they are immediately and unquestionably affirmed and so i do think yes it is being used by activists for very ill and perverse purposes but there's no question that there are some young young people battling other comorbidities that's the operative word i would say they've got a lot of other psychiatric issues going on but gender is now seen as the solution uh and it's a total you getting a differential diagnosis or a second opinion it it is just it's a nightmare when you just see the depth of the institutional capture the ideological grip that this has on our medical system and in the counseling profession throughout the schools uh and increasingly in the law now the family courts i mean California has become basically a transgender sanctuary state where they, they've even amended the Universal Jurisdiction Child Custody Act where people from out of state can come to California and then they will be the home co- courts if they want to go on these drugs and have these surgeries. It's an absolute nightmare. So, yes, it is. There are real, real distressed people that are, I think, being used for a very sick and perverse cause. Um, I wouldn't want to make light of their very real psychological distress in some cases. Do I think most of these people actually have gender dysphoria? No, I do not. That's just my personal opinion. Are there some who do indeed battle severe confusion and incongruence about their biological sex? Yes, there are some. But um, we need to be a lot more cautious in this country. And you certainly don't cut the body to heal the mind. You certainly don't administer drugs that are going to alter your endocrine system for a psychological problem. It doesn't make any sense to take your sex hormones out of balance if you have a thyroid issue, for example. Uh, you're, you're trying to balance your hormones. Well, all the more the case when you've got gender confusion. You don't you don't hijack your hormone levels with synthetic you know, foreign hormones that don't belong in your system. Psychological interventions, you know, that those are the first Amen. steps. So, you know, get some good counseling with someone who'll help you work through your issues, not radically alter your body. Amen. Amen. Do you, um, you, I actually have heard you say that before about you don't cut the body to heal the mind. And I think that is uh, so applicable here. Uh, and uh, we're going to cut away to break in here about 30 seconds or so, but is, is, this, is this kind of the new distraction? You know, I see a lot of things that are just kind of shiny object. Uh, is this just the flavor of the day? Because it certainly seems to me that it is really just kind of in vogue over the last, you know, maybe two years or so. Uh, like, is it a psyop? I've wondered. I mean, is it a distraction? Hmm. I don't know. It's definitely being used uh, to divide people. And I, um, it is definitely an issue where I think there is so much confusion that by the time you get your head around it, the activists and the ideologues have moved the goalposts. So it's a, it's sure. just the confusion. I write this in the Exposing the Gender Lie book. The confusion is a feature, not a bug of this entire ideology. And people, but people do need to have understanding about it because it's rampaging across, across our culture. Children are being indoctrinated with our schools. And again, medical harm is being perpetrated throughout our institutions. So as whatever it is, people need to understand it. Gotcha. Well, on the other side of the break, I want you to talk a little bit about uh, the Christian response can't just be go read the Bible. Uh, so I want to turn to you to get a little bit of advice on the other side of the break. You're watching the Ward Scott Files here in the Melden Law Studios, protected by crime prevention security systems. And we cut away to break. We'll see you back on the other side. Thank you very much for joining us here. Although the owner of Lewis Oil Company maintains she is 29, Lewis Oil turns 60 years old in June. Chevron would like to recognize the North Florida second-generation family-owned business, celebrating its growth and staying power. Lewis Oil Company maintains significant on-hand supplies, strategically located fuel depots, a delivery fleet, on-site service, fuel card locks, and convenience stores. Lewis Oil Company understands its responsibility in the local economy by providing service and delivery on demand and in crisis. As a first responder for 18 Florida counties and the southeast from Texas to Virginia, we are proud of this rare accomplishment. Lewis Oil delivers. This is Ward Scott. And I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, large enough to serve you, small enough to care. Melvin Law, the only official injury partner of the Florida Gators. 
Award Scott Files Gold sponsors are Lewis Oil Company, Shoot GTR, On the Spot Dry Cleaners, RR Construction, and Style Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.awardscottfiles.com, and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page or call my friend Freddie at 352-284-3733. Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Ward Scott Files. And remember, if you like the show, thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. Or that very much surprises me that you've never been tased. You can't handle the truth! All these poop. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! Well, good morning. Welcome back to the second half of the hour for the Word Scott Files. I'm talking with Brandon Showalter. Uh, but as you know, the bottom of the hour break is sponsored by Lewis Oil Company. We thank uh, the Lewis family for sponsoring our weather each and every day. Well, it looks like North Central Florida is going to see a little bit more of the same thing, sh- showers in the afternoon. Uh, I know that there's going to be a little bit of disruption along the 301 corridor and along I-10. Yesterday, goodness, I was over in Palaka uh, having lunch with a coworker, and it came down like a hurricane over there. Hopefully, we can avoid that. Uh, but across the nation, it looks like uh, eastern Missouri is going to get pounded again later today. So if you've got travel plans, I certainly ex- suggest that you check the weather. And our weather every day is sponsored by Lewis Oil Company. Well, folks, if you're just joining us here in the second half of the hour, we're kind of touching on a little bit of uh, uh, transgenderism. Uh, we're talking to Brandon Showalter. Uh, Brandon is coming to us from the Christian Post. He's a journal and podcaster for them. He's reported extensively on several, several topics of bioethics, euthanasia, uh, assisted suicide and developments, particularly of the gender identity kind that we're talking about here today. And when we left the first hour, uh, Brandon, I was asking, you know, I said that the Christian response, our Christian response, my Christian response can't be, well, just go read the Bible. It'll fix you. Uh, so I was hoping to get a little bit of advice for the Christians in the audience like myself who can sort of give more context to this conversation. you have any advice for us on that? Uh, I would certainly say that don't, don't, don't underestimate the power of prayer. If you've got, if you're a parent and you have a gender confused, you know, child, be mindful uh, of just how powerful your prayers are. Um, the apostle Paul writes in second Corinthians chapter 10. This is a scripture that has been animating me a lot lately is that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God for the tearing down and destruction of strongholds. And gender ideology may be a particularly nasty (laughs) stronghold, but King Jesus is still on the throne. And so be mindful of that. I think one of the things that uh, other, if you're a parent and you're wanting to, you know, address this issue, uh, it's, it's important to gain understanding. Uh, It is important to, Obviously, just say, don't just, the solution is not, we'll just go read your Bible more. That puts an inordinate amount of spiritual pressure on young people who are really struggling. Find good counselors who are not affirming of this, and they are out there, and support those people. I mean, you you may as well, if your child is distressed about this, and they need some counseling, you vet those therapists or those counselors very carefully and ask very crucial questions. Do they affirm people as the opposite sex? Do you, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, do you support gender affirming care and if they don't give you straight answers if they try to be evasive i wouldn't take your child there because they're very likely within the first meeting or so to put them on this pathway and make maybe even a referral for some sort of a medical 
you know, intervention that is not going to be good. Um, ask questions, educate yourself. I mean, there, there are a number of documentaries that have been made. Uh, you mentioned the dead name documentary.com. Watch that and, and familiarize yourself with what this does to families. I was also in Tucker Carlson's documentary, uh, Transgressive, The Cult of Confusion on Fox Nation. I'm not sure if that's still up there now that Tucker has gone from Fox, but that documentary really lays it out uh, very succinctly about how this whole ideology functions very much like a cult. Uh, that's it, This is brainwashing. And so you have to understand there are several very thorny and quite ugly dynamics operating here. And so take every step you can to guard your family uh, from it because it only brings ruinous destruction. Uh, it's it's bad news from start to finish. Well, you mentioned, so prayer, uh, of course, understanding the topic and the issues, finding a good counselor uh, and really educating yourself about this. And uh, Brandon, are there some some good resources out there that you can point our families to that can and kind of help them on this walk because it's going to be new for anybody I, you know <laughs> that comes into this i would i would think oh yeah it's 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 so new for many people people are blindsided i hear from parents from the left and the right alike they never could have imagined being walloped with something like this they they never could have foreseen something like this invading their home like this that they had no grid or paradigm for it the uh, i would i would point them to exposing the gender lie that the ebook that we have, christianpost.com slash ebook slash gender hyphen lie. That is a, it's a free downloadable resource. We wanted to, you know, write it. My co-author, Jeff Myers, and I wanted to write it and make it free for pastors, lay ministers, youth leaders, anyone who works with young people to understand how this ideology functions, why it's a medical scandal, how it has captured our institution, how it's twisted how it twists language and service to its goals. And then we have an appendix of frequently asked questions where we do our best to sort of tackle what we think are some of the most, you know, pertinent questions in this space. Give that a start. I would, all, again, go go to the deadnamedocumentary.com and familiarize yourself with what this does to families. For doctors that are opposing this, there's the American College of Pediatricians. Now, they are castigated by the legacy press as this bunch of right-wing, bigoted people. These are sane doctors, unlike the American Academy of Pediatrics, which has, been, which has been captured by these ideologues. There are groups of professionals emerging that have are pushing back against this gender dogma. The American College of Pediatricians, they are a great heroic group, in my opinion, that have been resisting this on the front lines. Uh, the people that you see criticizing uh this medical approach are often affiliated with that group if they're doctors. Uh, so that's that's a good place to start. The Society for Evidence-Based Gender Medicine is also another they're a group that has emerged, which they're they're having they have a very sane and thoughtful approach to this kind of thing. And I'll just add here, Tim, while I'm at it, you know, Europe is backpedaling from this approach. I, I mentioned earlier that this was sort of emerged out of the Netherlands. It was known as the Dutch Protocol. But Sweden, right. Finland, France, the UK. And there's there, Europe is moving away from this treatment protocol. Like 2021, and the major hospital in Sweden said that they're not going to do this, you know, gender these blockers and hormones to children, except under very very tight research grounds. I mean, this is not solid science. And the Europeans, several, even in the Wall Street Journal, not so long ago, within the last week or two. There were 21 professionals from across Europe, nine different countries, I believe, that signed and published a letter in the Wall Street Journal saying that the American approach to treating gender confusion has got it totally wrong. This is not a universally accepted approach. I mean, what's going on now in the United States and Canada is 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 a horror show. It's it's terrible what's going on here. Gotcha. Wow. <laughs> That's a lot, a lot to take in, but I believe you. I mean, you've yeah. been on the front lines here. Uh, you're certainly the most knowledgeable person on the topic that I have come across here, you know, very, 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 very believable. Well, Brandon, let's kind of transition a little bit away from the uh, the the, uh, the 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 gender lie. Uh, and again, so those references are in the back of the book in the appendix. You can get the free downloadable ebook, ChristianPost.com/slash 
ebook slash gender hyphen lie. I will get that in the thread here uh, after, after the show and people can go there and download that book. Uh, I believe production actually has the trailer for Dead Name documentary uh, queued up for us. So production, if you can go ahead and uh, run that for us as we transition uh, our topics a little bit. If you want girl parts and you don't have them, you can do special surgery where they turn your penis inside out and there's a vagina inside. Preschool sends out a letter to all the parents announcing one of our students is now Rosa and we would love you all to come and celebrate and support her. And he was four years old. I didn't even know if he knew what a pronoun was. I go to the daycare a week later uh, to, to drop him off. And it's Rosa is written on the entrance sheet where I have to sign. Rosa's on his cubby. It, it's everywhere. And they would just look at me and listen. They would say, Helen, you should really learn to accept this and celebrate it. And I'm like, celebrate what? Celebrate that my child's going to be put on hormones and... His penis will never grow, and he'll never have a normal sex life, and he'll be on drugs for the rest of his life. This was when she was like 15. Um, I remember being up in her room, and she said, I'm trans, and I need a new name. Somehow, I got a text from CVS. Your, your prescription for TES is available. She's like, it's mine. You can't take it from me. You can get this by making a phone call and having a tele-appointment. I mean, there was no psychological evaluation. There was nothing. Where does our species go if, if you can cut off your body parts like this? Sean had set up an appointment with an endocrinologist at the hospital to try to get hormones. I'm looking at it as, hey, this kid just needs to explain to him, hey, he's had a lot of traumatic events through his life, you know, losing his leg. We had an older son that died of a heroin overdose when he was eight years old. He went through the loss of his mom, being diagnosed with cancer. I mean, we, I went through all, I said, all these things have to have a big effect on him. When I had the appointment with the psychiatrist, I was just blown away when she turned around and told me that he's definitely transgender um, and you are an unsupportive, abusive father. I'm trying to keep him alive.
kind of space with the the medical uh, medical device companies, pharma. Right. She's dug it up. She blogs at the eleventh hour blog.com. So if you want to learn about the money, her resources and her writing is indispensable. Um, but just on a, at a very basic level, Tim, I'll just say, uh, and I said it earlier, but I'll reiterate it here, is that if you can take a child who's otherwise physically very healthy and convince him or her and or their parents that in order for them to be healthy and not kill themselves, they need to be put on this pathway of medicalization. They are going to be lifelong medical patients. You will be having to take these hormones for the rest of your life. If you get a surgery, these are not surgeries that are repairing something that's wrong with the body or they're not extracting a cancerous tumor or anything. They're cutting off physically healthy body parts. And so, it, there are going to be complications because your body is meant to function with all of its organs intact. That's how it's intended to right. function. And if you remove right. them, you're going to set yourself up for, if you remove your sex organs, your hormones are going to be put out of whack. So it's just, you have just, it's, you are a cash cow for the medical industry from the beginning, from the time you start down this path, because you're not, you know, the goal of transgender medicalization is not to heal your body. It's essentially right. turning you into a guinea pig on which doctors can experiment and big pharma laughs all the way to the bank. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, it just kind of seems to be this self-fulfilling prophecy and you just begin circling the bowl and it just starts to spiral out of control. It sounds like it gets more complicated at a faster rate. Uh, there's more radical things that have to happen. And, you know, at some point I, I just, um, envision these these kids turning into adults and now it's such a part of their life maybe they've been involved for five ten years they think there's no way out and you know anecdotally suicide's going to start creeping into their into their minds and i know that's kind of what the dead name documentary talks a little bit about we've got about five six minutes left here uh, to go in the show uh, Brandon, and gosh, I really appreciate you spending the morning with us and all of our viewers as well. So, folks, you've got about six minutes in the chat here. If you've got a couple of things uh, to ask Brandon about, you know, please throw those in the in the thread. We'll try to get to those. Brandon, um, one of the quotes that I kind of keyed in on uh, with you was the true authentic self. And this is sort of another code and a cudgel for some of this other stuff. Can you pull back the curtain on that you know, kind of catch-all for us, the true authentic self? For young people who believe themselves to be the opposite sex or they adopt this quote-unquote gender identity, the way mm-hmm. in which this is marketed to them and presented to them is that it tells them that however they feel about themselves is how who they are and that the pathway right. to becoming their truest self uh, particularly mm-hmm. in a culture where there's relational rupture, family breakdown, just a real kind of toxic loneliness and despair. These young people are sold this as a solution. Um, right. But we, we know that feelings change. You know, it, it, it's it's really quite a foolish thing to define your identity by something that is fleeting and temporary. And moreover, it's impossible to feel male or, or female. Like th- that's not a feeling. Male and female is a biological reality. But even though the astrophysicist Neil deGrasse Tyson, the famous black guy who's you know often on pontificating on these you know left wing television programs about science, like even he yesterday there was a video posted on Twitter where he's talking about yeah some days you'd be eighty percent female and twenty percent male. It's like the nonsense that the lunacy that has just manifested in, in, in our in our society is just mind blowing. But they are told that it is possible to feel like the opposite sex in such a way where that can be achieved. They can become their true authentic selves by way of this experimental medicalization. But unfortunately it's all a lie. You can't feel your way into a sex. uh, And, but it's marketed to young people in this kind of personal identity nomenclature. And so that has great appeal, uh, unfortunately, Uh, but that's, that's the long short of it. Uh, the, but the medical harm is catastrophic because, you know, we're, we're talking about sterility. 
here and irreversible right. effects. That's that's right. it, it did not become it did not become a medically ethical thing to do to sterilize someone just because you're waving a rainbow flag. That that's not how we right. do medical ethics. Yeah. <laughs> Right, right, yeah, and that's and that's not how we practice medicine, medicine or at least uh, at least we shouldn't. Boy, Brandon, uh, we've gotten quite uh, a long way from where we were at the at the top of the hour. Thank you so very much uh, for doing this. I actually feel a whole lot better than I did an hour ago. Uh, so I have you to thank for that and everybody here in our audience. Thank you all for joining us here on the Ward Scott Files, the Melbourne Law Studio, brought to and protected by crime prevention security systems. Uh, go out and check uh, Brandon's book, Exposing the Gender Lie, christianpost.com slash ebook slash gender dash lie. And you can download that uh, free ebook from from uh, from Brandon. It has all those ref- resources, a lot of the references that we talked about today. I know it was a fast-paced conversation, uh, but, you know, there, there is, there is an end to this. Uh, you know, let's, let's focus on prayer and understanding, uh, get some good counselors involved, uh, if the need arises and make sure we educate ourselves. Hopefully you got a little education for yourselves today. Uh, Brandon, we have definitely got to get you down here to Gainesville to, uh, showcase this movie for us. And I hope that we're able to bring that together. And if we do, uh, we'll certainly get that publicized out to, out to everyone. You know, after the, uh, after the show today, uh, let's all just take a moment of prayer and talk a little bit to our Lord and Savior and help uh, get some guidance, uh, from him in this, uh, new season and new walk. Uh, of our culture. Brandon, thank you a lot. Thank you so much for joining us today. Any real final thought here? Uh, only final thought is I would, if you all, saw, you all saw the trailer, the movie is, it's, it's so important to support independent journalism and other journalists that are telling the truth about this because the media, you talk about institutional capture, the media is lying yeah. to you so, so much about these issues. They are lying through their teeth about this. And it's a, it, this is as much a media scandal as it is a medical one. Go to deadnamedocumentary.com and you'll get an intimate portrait glimpse as to what this is really like for families who have been torn apart by this. Deadnamedocumentary.com. Very much worth your while. And Brandon, where else can people find your work? You can follow me on social media on Twitter at Brandon M. Show. That's my Twitter handle. I'm making guest appearances in the media semi-frequently. Of course, we're still doing print journalism some. I'm doing less beat reporting than I was, but I'm still writing there at christianpost.com. All of my stuff is there. Fantastic. Well, thank you for joining us here on the Ward Scott Files. Folks, uh, the Warthog will be back tomorrow. Same bad time, same bad channel. I've enjoyed the last four days here hosting uh, the show for him and enjoyed uh, talking with the audience. We'll see you back here tomorrow on the Ward Scott Files. Ward Scott Files, out. <laughs>